Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the definitive developer podcast in the fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. My co-host today, Dave Anderson. And our producer, William Jeffries. And today we'll be talking about the Batman and support rotations. Now, I'm surprised I was actually able to say the Batman without the Batman voice. Batman. Like, um, do, wait, it, do it. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> who, who are you? It's not the role you need. It's the role you deserve. <laughs> there you go. I can't. I have a horrible Batman voice, I guess. But today we'll be talking about the Batman. The Batman is a real role. That, not just a superhero. Not just a superhero. And... Well, maybe a superhero. Yes. In some ways. Well, not... Yeah. I mean, I could go into an argument, <laughs> a tangent from this podcast on why Batman is not a superhero, but that's besides the point. <laughs> We're getting a lot well, of it's, haters. It's, he's not a superhero because it's a military position. Oh. oh right. Well, is oh. that so? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Batman was the person who took care of a military officer's bat horse. Okay. Which is a pack horse. Bat is actually French for pack. Okay. And so the Batman was a servant. It was a lowly role. Okay. But a noble But super important. Doing, because doing like, he's helping out the officer who's a very important guy. And he's got his time's very important. So, you know, he doesn't want to be fussing with his packs. He's got the Batman. It's like a little bit less dramatic than, you know, Christopher Nolan's. The Batman. Master Mace. Yeah. <laughs> I am the Batman. Let me go get your horse. Like, that's not exactly <laughs> yeah. the role they wanted to do it. But, yeah. But, like, so in the context of software engineering and our day to day lives, like, I think, Bobby, you brought this up first with James Shore's Art of Agile, right? He has a, he has a whole section about the Batman in the context of an Agile team, like what that role is. Yeah. So the Batman in this particular example, in Agile software development is this person's particular role is that of a support role in a particular sprint. Suppose there's a lot of stories, but in the previous sprint, a lot of bugs has surfaced from the previous iteration. The Batman can be assigned to specifically just tackle those bugs and any support ticket. Yeah, it can be kind of distracting when you're trying to like work on some really critical feature work when a bug comes up in production or a high urgency. You know, the suit comes down from yeah. upstairs. Yeah, you got you to you <laughs> take care of, those, of that work when the suit comes down. That's, yeah. That's no good. So their like main role is just to do the unplanned work, I guess, right? right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the unplanned work or the... The unplanned planned work, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, it could yeah. be the bugs that were planned from the previous iteration, but there also could be bugs that were introduced during that iteration as well. Mm-hmm. I've heard other names for this role as well. What do you have? On a previous team, we called it the Bug Master. Oh. And we actually had a staff, the Bug Master staff. The Bug Master. Yeah, yeah. It was the same kind of deal where like, if something came up, whether it was a planned bug or an unplanned bug, the person with the Bugmaster staff, everybody would point to them. Like, mm. Oh, hey, you have the Bugmaster staff, the Sprint. Can you go deal with this problem? Right. Was that like a dubious honor where like people were like, yeah, I'm the Bugmaster? Well, originally, the like nobody wanted to be the Bugmaster. And so, you know, we got a staff for it, and that helped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, items do help. A staff is amazing. <laughs> but it wasn't, like, distinctive enough. So we bought a finger puppet. We bought a couple of finger puppet bugs, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, attached. I got a spider, 
It was okay. like a really creepy looking spider that I put on the top of it. Nobody liked that. And right. so we replaced it with a, a grasshopper finger puppet uh, that sat on the top of the staff. And that one was much more popular. And so instead, I would use the spider to just like troll people. Mm. I, would, I, <laughs> I would throw the, sp- the spider under their keyboard while they weren't looking. And then they would like look back and say, oh, God. <laughs> the spider you, on my keyboard. Did you smash the spider with the staff? <laughs> I feel like that would be pretty appropriate, yeah. Just to break people's keyboards that way, I guess, too. Uh, people, the- they hated me. <laughs> yeah. I was not popular that week. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've had people at projects that I've worked on fill similar roles, but sometimes it doesn't have a title at all. Sometimes it's more of like an on-call, like support rotation kind of a deal. Yeah. And if, if it isn't formalized, you definitely need to make sure that it does get rotated. Because oh, yeah. people will burn out really fast. There's a tendency to put your most senior people on this. Right. And that is that is a terrible idea. Right. Yeah. Because they have the most context about all of the system. They're able to very quickly go in and, you know, make the change that needs to get made and save the day. And they'll fix it faster than anybody else, but then no one else will ever learn to fix it. Yeah. Right. They're your Brad. Or Brent. Or Brent. Right. Yeah. Not Brad. <laughs> right. From the hit book what is it called the Shit. phoenix project <laughs> phoenix oh, project right. yeah yeah your brent is the one who is simultaneously the solution to and the cause of all the problems oh wow because they just go in and they're able to go into production fix all the issues and have all the context and no one else can replace them because they don't have have the knowledge that they need to get amazing job security <laughs> oh yeah, I mean yeah. that is that is an underlying problem. So that's that's like definitely a huge benefit of rotation too, because people will be in that situation and they will need to get that context or ask your go-to guy and and actually talk to him. Yeah, if you do have a Brent, Brent is usually a super nice guy who means well. Right, and if you have him pair with whoever is the Batman, that's Brent then you can transfer some of that knowledge out of his head and make him less of a bus factor problem. Right. I mean, yeah. that is important. You want to reduce or increase the amount of people who know how to fix that problem. I think um, just to clarify on the Batman in this particular case is that this is not like a person who's, this doesn't necessarily mean that you're on call 24 hours when you are the Batman. I know there may be places that, would consider that support role to do that, but that's not always the case 100% in the example that we're, we're providing, right? Right, like, yeah. It's your workday consists of, you know, trying to figure out these complex, the complexity of the bugs in the system or handle those bugs throughout the day. But that person may also do 24 hours. I'm not 100% sure, but that doesn't, just because you're the Batman doesn't mean you will do 24 hours. Right, yeah, it's very work. team-specific. Or the Batwoman. Or the Batwoman. Yeah, I think Bat- we should oh, definitely say yeah. that. So right. Bat- this is no longer the 1700s. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Military terms in the 1800s. Batwoman. <laughs> I have to figure out the Batwoman voice. Yeah. I think there's like some challenges with this too, like def- defining like the scope of the role, especially like with, with the support rotations, mm-hmm. like, you know, and like sometimes people want to have like collective code ownership over like all of the the code bases in the organization but like if you don't have enough context to support that it can be like really anxiety inducing to have to be responsible for any kind of problems that are outside of your domain of expertise and yeah making sure that there's like some context for 
what kind of things were happening last week's like i've i've seen overlapping support rotations or right. overlapping time for having a, a backup to help out during the transition that, that really helps as well the thing i've seen before is we didn't call it support or the batman or anything of that nature we just called it the buddy system and it was you and a buddy would team up and be the support for the team the buddy system had two individuals from two separate teams that like similar product, like similar facing product. An example would be like the address service and the account service. And like one individual from each one of those teams would pair up and handle bugs that were introduced to both sides and speak to the product owner to figure out which one was more important. But the buddy would then pair program with the other individual to know how to fix those bugs. And then that way, the knowledge transfer happened that way as well. Across team as well as within the team. So it's like cross team and within the team at the same time. Mm. But the buddy system was like, I think William had mentioned before, you want to pair with someone, especially if the bat men or woman isn't the one with all the contextual knowledge. That way that you can knowledge transfer that way as well. So pairing is really important. And like useful in this particular support role case. Yeah. It's an argument for the bat people. The bat peoples. The bat peoples. <laughs> Just really bad at the Batman voice. I don't know if it was brought up before, but one of the reasons why Batman or woman is important to the team is because while this one person is designed or this person's role is to handle bugs and support, it helps increase velocity because not everyone on the team has to then code switch to fix bugs. You just have this one or a pair of people handling those bugs. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like if there are unplanned things coming up, then you can't meet your commitment for the sprint. And it's kind of demoralizing. You know, it's good to have someone there to take that hit. Right. So you're doing a good service, Batman or woman. So keep it up. I think it's it may be a role that doesn't get a lot of praise, but it is pretty awesome when you're the individual who's you know swooping in, fixing all those bugs, and making sure that the team is still rolling well. So when you're when you're the bad person, are you working nights? I think it depends. I think page of duty is a thing that I've heard before in time. Yeah, it's a pretty good tool to help manage those kind of rotations. Yeah, I think that. The two roles are not necessarily the same. Like you could be on pager duty and not be the Batman or right. woman, but it does often make sense to just have that be the same person. Right. Like, especially if you've already set up a system whereby people can easily contact the bat person. That's just going to. <laughs> you already have your bat signal ready to yeah, go. Exactly. <laughs> just 911 text the Batman, please help. <laughs> help. Yeah, pager duty is a great tool. I mean, it sucks to be on it and get called in the middle of the night. But right. the tool itself is very flexible. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys worked with it before? I haven't had the opportunity to work in pager duty. I mean, I was when I was on call, it wasn't pager duty. It was just like, hey, keep your phone on because you may get calls. Like yeah, just but a literal call app. from a person. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't an app per se. But I mean, it is a good way to mitigate any support, any like situations that happen throughout the night. I've just been lucky enough where I haven't been assigned that person. 
Yeah, I've had the pleasure of working with PagerDuty, but I only say pleasure because I managed to get through my rotations without getting paged a single time. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but, you know, that, that very specific, like, on-call responsibility, which may or may not be part of this, this Batman role, you know, that, that can be a pretty hit or miss. Like, I, I definitely know people who are getting consistently woken up at 4 o'clock in the morning for not very good reasons. Ooh. You know, you can set maintenance windows on, on PagerDuty. This is a super handy feature. If you're doing some kind of job or something that you kind of expect is going to fail in the middle of the night, and really it makes more sense for someone to just deal with this in, in the morning, you can set a maintenance window, and then it won't go off yeah, until the end of the maintenance window. That sounds good. I'll just set those all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> set that 24-hour maintenance window. Yeah, exactly. Just maintenance all the things, all the times. Yeah, so that's always a work in progress. We used it on a client for load testing. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I think just like the idea of the Batman who's now responsible of, you know, making sure that the velocity stays, you know, at peak while continuously smashing bugs and supporting the rest of the team is an important role to have on a team and an important person to be. So, yeah, it's a good team player helping everybody do the good work. Exactly. So it's not, as Dave mentioned earlier in the episode, it's not the role you want. It's the role you deserve or whatever the case may be. Because <laughs> your team deserves the the hero to come in to ensure that things go well as well as possible. Yeah. So continue being Batman and woman out there. Cool. Do we have any teaching learns we want to discuss today? Yeah. So I've been continuing this GraphQL journey I've been on for the past couple of weeks and just learning more about Apollo. And that's basically a client that you can use to query your GraphQL backend in JavaScript and a number of other languages as well. There's also clients for Android and iOS. They're aspiring to be cross-platform. But a kind of neat thing about Apollo and GraphQL is that it is, although like at first glance, it, it seems pretty loosey-goosey and very flexible and easy to use because you're able to structure your queries just in the form of a JSON. Mm. And unlike REST, where when you ask for something, you're always going to get the same thing back. With GraphQL, when you ask for something, you only get what you want. And when you ask for, it's more like writing a SQL query in that way. But it is strongly typed, and it's very structured, actually. So through introspection, it's actually possible to generate a schema file from Mm -hmm. your server and a queries file from the client. And through the simple act of linting these two files against each other, you can kind of have a really nice, simple contract test. So I was, I was reading about that recently, and that's pretty neat. But that's like, imagine a, a much more elegant way than like active record, because you're just dealing with a JSON file that right. you're requesting. Yeah, you get only what you want, not like these crazy SQL-related queries that you would have to run. Yeah, and the cool thing about having the schema and these queries that you can compare against the schema is that if the server changes in a way that would break the client, or if the client changes in a way that would not work with the server, then you have a pretty early warning about Mm -hmm. that before you push to prod. Interesting. Cool, and that was Apollo, you said. Yeah, Apollo and GraphQL. Apollo has tools to make those kind of things happen easier, but there's a whole bunch of clients out there. And GraphQL, 
is a state of mind. <laughs> it's like a, a philosophy or a specification. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Cool. Wrapping up the show. I'd like to thank my co-host, Dave. Always good having you, Dale. It's a pleasure. And our producer, William. Thanks for stopping on by. Great to be here. Feel free to hit us up at twitter.com slash radiofreerabbit. This is The Rabbit Hole. We'll see you next time.